my uh, sister started dating a guy by the name of Doug, and uh, eventually they moved in together. And uh, he was a really good guy at first, a decent guy. He was always cool to me. He was always nice to me. And uh, then he got fired from his job. And he didn't go and he didn't get another job. He uh, just started mooching off of uh, my sister. And eventually he didn't work. He didn't help. He didn't do anything. He just kind of sat around and did nothing at all. And then he started manipulating uh, my sister and started manipulating my parents for money. And that wasn't the worst of it. Eventually we found that he started emotionally abusing her and uh, he even started to, uh, to put his hands on her. And I know we're not supposed to hate people, but there was a season of my life when I hated Doug. I hated him for what he did to my sister. And when I was 18 years old, I got a group of my buddies and we went to his house to give him a piece of our mind, but fortunately for him and for me, he wasn't there. Today I want to talk about bitterness. Because the reality is, every single one of us has that emotional cancer that can consume us and it can poison us in ways that you can't imagine. And if we're not careful, it can not only affect ourselves, but it can destroy the relationships around us. And so the next few weeks, we're going to talk about shaking off some of these emotional cancers. Today we're going to talk about bitterness, but next week we're going to talk about worry and then anger and then lies. Lies that we say about ourselves and lies that we say about others. And so in your program, each of you received a little card that isn't for you to come back because we're assuming you're coming back. But especially next week when it comes to worry, everybody struggles with that emotional cancer. And we want to learn how we can shake it off. So today, I want to talk about bitterness. And in particular, I want to begin by looking at a passage of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 12, which is in uh, the New Testament, the second half of the Bible. And this is what the writer says. Make every effort to live in what? In peace. With who? With everyone. And to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. And that, we read this all together, the underlying part. No bitter root grows up. No bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. The author is very clear that For our lives, it's very easy for the seed of bitterness to be planted and for that bitter root to grow. And he says, no, 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 no. It shouldn't be that way with you. It shouldn't be that way for those who are trying to follow Christ. See to it that no bitter root grows up in you and consumes you to a point that your heart becomes bitter. 
And the cancer spreads and it grows. And it defiles many people in your world. Because the truth is, that's what bitterness does. So see to it, he says, that there is no bitter root that grows up in you. Now I want to begin today by kind of giving us a biblical foundation of kind of two thoughts about bitterness. This is your first fill-in. You can fill in your program or just go to the JAR app at the app store and you can do it. But here is the first kind of biblical thought. Bitterness has a dangerous root. Bitterness has a dangerous root. Again, verse 15 says this, See to it that your bitter root does not grow up. See to it that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble or defile many people. So the question becomes, how does bitterness start? Well, a a bitter root grows in a soil of hurt. Someone hurts us and all of a sudden we feel that hurt and it grows up in the soil of hurt that has not ever been dealt with properly and we just allow it to continue to grow. Someone betrays you, someone says something about you, and you don't take it directly to God, but you let it kind of fester and you allow it to absorb the hurt because that's what roots do. This is what roots do in the ground. They absorb and they grow and they store. That's what roots do. That's what we do. But Scripture says this. It says these words. Love keeps no record of wrong. Let's all say that out loud together. Love keeps no record of wrong. Now, that's easy to say, isn't it? Oh, I love to say it. Oh, that's my favorite verse. I memorized it, you know. Love keeps no record of wrong. If someone hurts you and you love them, the Scripture says you should forgive them. You should show mercy. You should show grace. You should give compassion. You should give a second chance. Love keeps no record of wrong. But bitterness, it keeps a detailed record, doesn't it? You know every every single person that said something or did something and all of a sudden bitterness gets in there you're like bitter, bitter, bitter. You know every detail when it comes to bitterness. I mean, it sounds something like this. So-and-so did this to me. And I'll tell you what, I'm always going to remember it. Mm-hmm. I'm like always going to remember it. And some of you may not have that mm-hmm with your body language, but it's in your head. I will never forget that. And oh, I saw them today and I wish so much that I would have said such and such and such and such, but one day I am. I'm going to really, really tell them for what they did to me. Folks, those are bitter roots and they absorb and they store. And when these roots do that, what happens? They grow. So bitterness produces a dangerous root. And then secondly, bitterness has a poisonous fruit. It produces a dangerous root, and it also produces poisonous fruit. Out of bitterness comes other things, like hatred, and anger, and emotions that simply poison the relationships around us. 
In fact, I like the way that it says in the New Living Translation, in verse 15, it says, whenever the bitter root springs up, whenever the bitter root springs up, many are, what's the next word? Many are corrupted. You mean like when it, when it springs up, what happens? It's corrupted by its poison. That, that's what bitterness is. It's a poison that affects others. Whenever a bitter root grows up, it not only poisons you, but it affects the people around you. I bet you've noticed this at work before, haven't you? You ever walk into the office, or you get to the factory floor, or you get to the store, and all of a sudden, there's somebody that walks in, and it's bitter, negative Nancy. And all of a sudden, that bitterness comes, and, and one person... It can affect the entire workplace, can it? I mean, just one person who is bitter and upset and they walk in and all of a sudden, all of a sudden it, it, it affects everybody. Same is true with families. The family all gets together for holidays, we're all there, and then all of a sudden someone walks in and they're bitter. And all of a sudden the food doesn't taste as well and you're trying to get out of there and you're just like done. And the unity and the love of the family is gone. Why? Because of just one person. You see it with teenagers all the time. You have a group of kids. They're all good kids. They're encouraging one another. They're having fun. Everything's fine. And then the bitter, angry, rebellious teenager walks into the group. And what happens to all the teenagers? Maybe we should go that way. And they go towards whatever that bitter thing is. Now the question is, how can you know if a person is bitter? How do you know? I mean, they don't walk around with it stamped on their forehead. But maybe this question too. How do you know when you are starting to become bitter? How do you know when you yourself are starting to to do that. Well, I want to share with you kind of five qualities of a bitter person. And what I want you to do is to ask yourself, honestly, am I ever like this? Okay? So here's the first quality of a bitter person. A bitter person justifies their bitterness. A bitter person justifies their bitterness. They think, okay, well that person did to me, well I have a right to be angry. I mean, I, I'm okay to be angry and I'm scheming a plan for revenge. I have the right to get back with them because this is what they did to me, Chris. And I mean it. I'm going to get them back and they deserve it. And many of us, were bitter. What happens is we just justify it. Somebody did this to me. Well, the reason I'm feeling the way that I am is because of them. And we become a victim. Here's the second quality of a bitter person justify their bitterness. And then secondly, become overly critical. A bitter person becomes overly critical. You know, once you become bitter towards somebody, it's very, very hard to become objective about them anymore. Pretty soon you will pick every single thing apart when it comes to them. Maybe you're bitter at a woman at work. I've seen this before in the workplace. A woman walks in, and she's walking like this. 
And then all of a sudden, all the women, they don't say it out loud, but they're like, who does she think she is? Is she a runway model or something? I mean, why does she think she's all of that? She ain't all of that and a slice of cake. I mean, like, who is she? Who does she think she is? I see it happen with guys all the time, too. Another guy that you work with gives a great presentation. The boss comes up, Joe, man, that was killer, man. You, you did great. Guy kind of is like, yeah, man. And then all the other guys are like, why does he think he's so cocky? What's up with him? Who does he think he is? And then he comes up to you and he's like, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, he's trying to get me on his nice side. I know who he is. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden there's just a sense that we are clearly overly critical of whoever that person is. We see it in marriages all the time. Your spouse did something seven years ago. And whenever there's an argument, you're like, well, you remember what you did. And you're like beating the poor guy up. You're picking him apart because you're still just bitter. Third quality of a bitter person is they secretly celebrate misfortunes. They secretly celebrate the misfortunes of other people. You see, if I'm bitter and something bad happens to you, I'm like, well, makes sense. I mean, you know what it says in the Bible, you reap what you sow and you did that one thing to me and so now it's just coming back at you, buddy. You just kind of celebrate their misfortunes. I know uh, none of this has ever happened to you before. You've never had these thoughts but you're driving your car and then a jerk passes you going 90 miles an hour. And you're driving, you're like, what a jerk. Why did he just do that? And then about 10 minutes later, you pull up to this person and they're pulled over by a cop. And you drive up and you're like, serves you right. Who's going to get there first, you know? You know, other people think about you that way too sometimes when you get pulled over, okay? A fourth quality that a bitter person has is they write off entire groups of people. One person or two people who are part of this group do something to you and pretty soon you just write off the entire group. I have some women who have come to my office before and they got hurt by a man really, really bad And then they'll go, I hate men. All men are the same. Every man is the same. I can't stand them. They're all the same. Or guys will come up to me and, you know, maybe their girlfriend or their wife cheated on them. And then all of a sudden they'll come up to me and they'll go, you know what? All women are cheaters. Every single woman. All of them. Can't trust a single woman. None of them are faithful. I've had people write me off before. We'll get in a conversation and we'll connect with one another and they'll say, hey, what do you do? And I'll go, well, I'm a pastor. And they'll be like, hmm. I was like, dude, I just met you. I don't, well, I knew a pastor one time. Man, he did my marriage wrong. He did me wrong. He did everybody wrong. All pastors, every pastor is like that. People do this with churches all the time. 
one person goes to one church and they get hurt. And then all of a sudden, they come to me and they'll be like, no, I don't go to church. Why don't you go to church? I got hurt by one person at one church. All churches are the same. That's what they are. They just like to hurt people. That's what churches do. People will even write off a whole group of another political party because of one person. They'll go, hey, oh, you're a Democrat? Oh, I hate you. I hate all Democrats. And then they'll come over here. Oh, you're a Republican? Oh, I hate all Republicans. Oh, you're an independent? Oh, you mean nothing. I hate all independents. And all of a sudden they make this broad statement about everybody. Last thing. Quality of a bitter person is that they struggle to see bitterness in the mirror. They struggle to see bitterness in the mirror. Some of you right now, you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, I wish so-and-so was here right now. I wish that they were here because they really, really need this. I mean, Chris, you couldn't have said it better. I'm going to keep my little outline. I'm going to give it to them tomorrow. I mean, they, they need it. And yet someone, I just want you to know, they're sitting by you right now and they're thinking, boy, I hope they're hearing this. (laughs) That's the truth. When we're bitter sometimes, every else, everyone, everybody else can see it around us except ourselves. So at the end of the celebration, I just want to warn you now that I'm going to be asking you to think of one person who you're bitter toward. It might be a small bitterness. It may be something huge. For some of you, maybe it's your dad. Your dad's never been a part of your life. He was never faithful to your mom. He left you and abandoned you, and you've carried that. Maybe for some of you, it's your mom. She drank all the time. She was never helpful. She played favorites in the family. Maybe it's an old friend. You loaned some money to somebody, and they said they'd pay you back, and they never did, and you've been holding on to that. Maybe it's a bitterness towards your ex-spouse. Maybe you just despise them so much you can't stand them. And you don't see it right now, but it's actually affecting your kids and the way that they react. Maybe some of you are bitter toward God. You're here today and you do the church thing, but if truth be known, the reality is you think to yourself, you know what? I'm still upset because I prayed for this one particular thing and God, you never came through. You could have done this, but you chose not to. Some people are here today and you're just bitter towards yourself. You look back to your past and you think, oh man, how could I have been so foolish? I made that one mistake and it's cost me ever since. Or this is something that tempts me sometimes. I'm pretty good at getting over if someone does something to me and I don't carry that bitterness. But man, if you do something to my wife, Or you do something to my kids. I mean, it's really hard for me to not become bitter toward that person. 
So at the end of the celebration, I'm just letting you know, I'm going to be asking for just one name, not two, not three, not four, not ten, but one that you may be bitter toward and you could maybe make a different choice. Because this is the truth, folks. The longer that you allow bitterness to grow up, the more dangerous it becomes and the more poison it produces to affect your life. So for the rest of our time, I simply want us to answer one question uh, that is kind of the key around this whole idea of bitterness and we'll give you kind of the question and the answer here. How do you kill the root of bitterness? You kill bitterness with what? Forgiveness. (laughs) We don't say that loud, do we? How do you kill the root of bitterness? You kill it with forgiveness. It's funny, yesterday I was doing some color coding. That's how I kind of do my text. I'm at a swimming pool, and there's a lady behind me. And she's like, I couldn't help but notice what you were typing right there. I said, okay. And that's good. I have this whole page. I'm like, I don't don't know what. She's like, people could use that. I said, well, I'm good. I'm I'm teaching it to a lot of people tomorrow, so. (laughs) Then she never talked to me the rest of the time. I don't know what it was. It might have been bitter towards me. I don't know. Here's the thing, though, folks. Forgiveness is a very, very easy word to say. It's very difficult to do. And this is what I know about some of you in this place today. You have been wounded in some very, very horrible ways. So deep, so difficult. So I want to unpack this a little bit by looking at a passage of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. Paul, the guy who wrote close to half of the New Testament, he said these words, Get rid of all, what's it say? Bitterness. Get rid of all bitterness because bitterness leads to what? What's it lead to? And what else? And what else? And what else? And along with every form of malice. He's like, if you didn't get it all, uh, I want you to know it leads to all of these things is what it does. Now, on top of that, the Scripture says you've got to get rid of this, but you need to do something else. And so verse verse 32, it says... Be kind and compassionate to one another. Then what's the next word? Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Get rid of all this stuff. He says remove it. Get it out of your life. Then forgive each other and that will bring healing. How do you kill bitterness? You kill bitterness with forgiveness. Let me give you a story that I hope illustrates this a little bit. There were two monks who were committed to never, ever touching a woman. It was a part of their monastery. They would uh, not only be celibate, but they would never, ever touch a woman. Not a handshake, not a hug. No touching whatsoever. The two of them are walking down a road one day when all of a sudden they get to a river and there had been a lot of rain and so it had flooded and it was very difficult to get across. 
And as they got to the edge of the river, they noticed that there was a woman there in a wedding dress who was crying. And so they both went up to the woman and said, Ma'am, uh, we see that you're upset. Uh, you know, what's going on? Can we help you in any way? And she said, well, today is my wedding day, but it's across this river and I need someone to help me get across because this wedding dress, this gown was handmade and I don't want it to get wet, but I can't do it myself. And so both of the monks kind of look at each other and they're in a quandary. They have a choice to make. Do they actually fulfill the vow that they would never touch a woman or would they help this woman out? And so finally, one of the monks say, you know what, I think this is what is the right thing to do. I should help her out. And so he says, ma'am, I'll help you. And so he'd never touched a woman before in his life, so he's kind of like... And so he gets her underneath her armpits and just kind of picks her up like this and walks her across the river to the other side. And when he sets her down, she starts crying and weeping. She's like, you've saved my wedding day, the biggest day of my life, and you've helped me. And so he said, well... You're welcome. And he walks back to his buddy. And as he's walking across the river, the other monk is looking at him like this. And he gets up to him and he goes, how could you do that? He's like, well, I just felt like it was the right thing to do. He's like, I can't believe you did that. And so the two of them begin to start walking. And that next day, the the angry monk did not talk to the other guy the entire day. The next day goes by, he still doesn't talk to him till the end, and he's like, how could you do this? How could you break the vow that we had made? And finally, a fifth day goes by, and the guy is so angry towards the other guy who had carried this woman. And he said, with all due respect, the woman who you're referring to, I sat her down five days ago, but you've been carrying her in your heart ever since. You see, folks, it's the same thing with many of us in this auditorium today. God had something that He wanted you to set down years ago, but you're still carrying it in your heart. I realize that there are some of you who've had significant wounds and hurts in your life. Things that I can't even fathom. Let me just talk about one just briefly because I think it's important for our culture. I was doing some research this week on sexual abuse towards women in our country. And when I did all the studies, I found that one out of three women are sexually abused. And when I first saw that, it it shocked me. I was like, well, maybe that's just one article. And so I did several until I finally found out, no, that's what is known. In our country, one out of three women will be sexually assaulted, sexually abused. And I started thinking about my two little girls. 11 years old, 9 years old. Likelihood is that potentially maybe something will happen to one of them. And it ticks me off. And it makes me angry. And then I look at this auditorium here today filled with women. And one out of three, we could just go through the row. One to you, 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 one to you. And the wound that has been caused to many women, I can't even fathom or imagine. 
Folks, I simply want to know that I realize that there are some people in this auditorium today who have been touched and abused and betrayed and abandoned and maybe even worse that you can't even talk about it. And in your mind you're thinking, I don't want to forgive this person. I mean, I'm not even at the point of wanting to forgive. How could I want this? And for others of you, you're not the victim, but something happened to somebody in your family, to your child, to your spouse, to a brother, a sister, a parent. And you're like, after what someone did to the person that I love, how could I ever forgive them? Maybe for some of you, today though is going to be a life-changing day in your life. Supernaturally, God is going to come in a moment and it will feel like a choice because a choice has to be made. But supernaturally, you'll have a new slate that is clean. And God's going to give you the ability. You can't do it on your own, but He'll give you the ability to forgive. And if that's you today, more power to you. For some of you, though, this is going to be a process. Forgiveness, most of the time, folks, is not just a point. It actually takes a process. It takes a period of time before we get to that point. And for some of you, you might just say, you know what, I'm open at least to being open to doing the right thing. And so, God, would you, would you open my heart to be open to that? You might say, I, I know I'm supposed to pray for other people, and so, you know what, I'm praying for this person right now that God you would help them. That's all I got right now. I can't give any more, but that's it. That's what I can do. For others of you, your prayer may be, God, change my heart. Change my heart, whatever it is, so that I would have a desire to forgive whoever that is. I'm not ready yet, God, but would you help start softening my heart? Honestly, you know, that's what had to happen with me and Doug. I mean, for the longest time I just carried, especially when I found out that he had put his hands on my sister. And it was a process. Because he had messed my sister up for not just their relationship, but for years. And then one day, my oldest daughter Jordan was in preschool. It was a Christian preschool. And she came home and she said, Daddy, our scripture verse that we have to memorize this year is Ephesians 4.32. And to be honest, I'd never memorized that verse before. I hadn't really looked at it that much. And yet this is what it says. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Do you know how God forgave me? Fully, entirely, completely. Folks, I realize that many of you have hurts. Hurts that I can't even imagine. Maybe someone touched you inappropriately. If you do not forgive them, you will allow them to continue to touch you in painful ways. 
If you do not forgive them, you allow them to continue to hurt you. I mean, if I could give some magic words to you and all of a sudden it could just be like, poof, I'm ready to forgive them. I would do that, but I can't. And sadly today, some of you will walk out of this place today and you won't take this concept of bitterness seriously and you won't make a decision to forgive. And what you'll do is you'll just simply go to whatever the poison is and you'll keep drinking it. Because you can't let it go. You can't let the person off. For some of you, what you need is deep cleansing. You need something bigger than yourself. You need God to be able to come into your life and to be able to say, God, come right now. I need your power to help me forgive because I can't do it on my own. And sometimes we just don't realize how much bitterness has affected us and affected the relationships around us. Some of you, you're ready to do that type of deep cleansing, to say, God, go deep, go deep. Do something in me that is beyond natural because I don't even want to think about forgiving this person. Or if I want to forgive God, how do I go about doing it? So God, do something supernatural that only you can do. And when you pray that way, what happens is all of a sudden, some of the bleeding that you've had because of all of this bitterness in your life, God starts bringing some healing to you. So let Him be the one who empowers you today to take that step. Now, why is this important? Why, why is it so important to break bitterness and to forgive? Well, Jesus said these words. He said, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will what? Forgive you. But, but if you refuse to forgive others, your heavenly Father will what? Not forgive your sins. Folks, shaking off bitterness is not easy stuff. It's very difficult. But it's important. And God takes it so serious. So serious that He says, if you can't forgive other people, I'm sorry, I can't forgive you. Because the truth is this, you will never have to forgive anybody in the entire world as much as God has forgiven you. Let me say that again. You'll never have to forgive anyone. You're like, oh good, it kind of gives me a sense. You'll never have to forgive anyone as much as God has forgiven you. So the question becomes, with whom is it that you've been carrying bitterness towards that you need to forgive or begin a process of forgiveness. In your program today, you received a personal prayer. It's uh, the very last thing. You just open it up, and there's a little blank there, but it's a personal prayer. You can do it on the app. It's on the app as well. And here's the personal prayer. God, I admit that I've allowed a root of bitterness to grow against whoever that person is. For me at one time it was Doug. For other times of my life it was somebody else. Please forgive me of this sin. 
by your power, give me a heart of compassion and forgiveness toward this person. I realize to forgive does not mean to forget. You don't forget when someone's hurt you. But today, I relinquish my bitterness and I ask you to give me wisdom to forgive. And if it is possible, it's not always possible, but if it is possible, to restore my wounded relationship. So this is what we're going to do is I'm giving you a choice right now. You can keep on drinking the poison of bitterness if you want. Or you can put the poison away and you can forgive. So the way we're going to close, we're going to turn the lights down a little bit so nobody's looking on the other person's paper. And what I'd like you to do is either write it in the blank or on the app who is the person that you have been bitter toward and ask God don't don't just come up with oh it has to be this person because it's the most no 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 who is the person God's asking it may be different than who you think and so we're going to ask God's presence to come and whoever that person is that you would write their name in and then be able to say this prayer kind of silently just between you and God. So I'd like to give you a minute just to do that right now. your name right now, that's great. If you don't have a name, that's fine too. But if you have your name and you've written it in, I'd like you to actually pray that prayer right now. Not out loud, just silently between you and God, that you would kind of pray that prayer. You know, this morning, I I never ask you guys to do anything that I'm not willing to do. And this morning, I was like, God, I, I can't think of anyone that I really have any bitterness toward. And then... All of a sudden, there was a coach that had coached one of my daughters. And I was like, oh, yeah. I, I still, I see them in public, and I, ah. All right, God, that's it. So I'm going to give you a moment right now for you to pray this prayer silently to God.
Let's pray. Loving God, this is uh, tough stuff that we have uh, talked about today. And we thank you for guiding us where, wherever we're at with that, God, that you, you were present. Maybe for some of you, when you wrote down that name, it was your mom or your dad or a brother or sister. Maybe it was an ex-spouse or an ex-friend that betrayed you. God, I pray right now that as people prayed this prayer, God, that you really would supernaturally give them some freedom. Maybe your bitter root is towards someone that hurt somebody who you really love. And today you could just make a choice. Today, I choose to forgive. God, bring your healing to each person who's been carrying some bitterness. Maybe it's small, maybe it's gigantic, but God, please help them to follow through and to forgive. God, help us to shake off that kind of hostage to the sin of bitterness that we have become so many times. Go deep within us. Bring cleansing. And maybe for some of you, you're like, you know what, Chris, I I couldn't. I couldn't put that name down. It's just too much hurt, too much pain. Maybe today you'd say, you know what, at least I want to start the process. God, would you soften my heart? God, I, I simply pray that you would help them, but that's as much as I can do right now. God, would you give us a glimpse of how much you love us so you would challenge us to know how to change and forgive others. And Jesus, I pray right now, I don't don't know who it might be. Maybe there's somebody here that they're just like, oh man, I'm ready to get out of here because you've been holding back forgiveness towards someone. I pray right now, God, you would show them through your power how to forgive. Maybe for some of you, your bitterness really is toward God. Maybe you've walked in here for the first time or you've been coming just briefly and you're like, you know what, I prayed for this big thing and he didn't come through and you just haven't been connected to him. I want you to know he's not mad at you. He's not angry. He loves you. And today you could begin a new relationship with him. So if you're ready to believe in him, to surrender your one and only life to him, if you're ready to say, I need his forgiveness, I need his love, I need his grace, I need his plan, I need him to carry my burdens, I need the assurance of heaven from him, I invite you to simply pray this prayer after me. In fact, uh, I invite you just to repeat it after me, that no one ever prays here alone at the jar. We always pray in unity. And I invite you to simply pray after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of forgiveness. Jesus, forgive me. Make me brand new. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray.